You're listening to the Human Up podcast. My name is Victor Ang, and I am using this podcast to document my journey in developing emotional intelligence after realizing how important the ability to manage our emotions is in so much of our life, in our career, in our relationships, and in even just our hobbies and in what we care about doing. Um, and how to have fun with it. I, I think a lot of our stress management and a lot of our decision making is impacted because we aren't aware of what role our emotions play in in our behaviors. You know, like when our emotions are clouding our judgment um, and just clear headedness, it, it's it's really hard to move forward. So this podcast is. Um, is is mostly centered or, or uh, sort of focused around emotional intelligence, and and today I have on the podcast a good friend Stephen Kitajima, who uh, also has his own podcast called Better Men Podcast, and you know we're on a, a very similar but also different journey in being able to help. And where he he's helping men specifically in learning to, in a way, manage our our emotions there in terms of being vulnerable, in terms of redefining what it means to be a man, uh, and especially from the Asian American perspective, as well. Um, and so we connected on a lot of different things, and uh, I'm I'm excited to have him on the podcast. I've been. Um, meeting with him actually weekly to uh, really, you know, get get things going and to hold ourselves accountable to our goals. And it's been really cool to to do that every week with him. But in this episode, we, we definitely hit on a lot of different topics about, you know, our own journey and stories. And um, I hope this can be at least somewhat informative or at least interesting to you, but I'll, I'll let you decide. Uh, before we get into it, I do want to mention that I am working on building out my own coaching practice, uh, and both, I love working with both people one-on-one and also in a group coaching sense. And so, um, you know, if, if there is something more personal, uh, that you are, are working on within your life that maybe doesn't necessarily require like full on therapy, but also isn't, you know, something that you feel like you could handle or properly manage on your own, uh, that is a good place for life coaching. And so, um, you can, reach out to me at victorung.com and, uh, or email me directly at victor at victorung.com. And, and we can schedule a call to, to see if even if it's, if it makes sense to work together. Um, uh, or if you're interested in a group coaching program, I'm really interested in exploring this intersection between people and technology. Um, and we actually talk a little bit about this in the episode as well, but there you know, I, I very much love technology and I see it being very empowering for us, but only if we use it correctly and only if we use it with purpose and intention that is helpful for us. Um, using it passively is, leaves us susceptible for it, you know, damaging our mental and emotional well being. And we're already starting to see that, especially with social media and, and how dependent we have become on technology. Um, so, but rather than demonizing it, rather than completely avoiding it, how can we better integrate our lives with it so that it can be both empowering and educational um, and, and not take away from our sense of connectedness to not only other people, but even within ourselves as well how can it deliver ease and convenience and and usability for us without impacting our critical thinking and decision-making or, or, or stress management as well, you know, with the information overload, we, we can very much feel flustered all the time and, um, and cluttered within this digital life. So, um, 
if you're interested in that sort of group coaching program or in those topics, I have a research survey um, that I'm conducting. And so if you could go to victorung.com slash EQ tech survey uh, to, to take a look at or, or to provide me more insight on, um, you know, maybe what you might be struggling with in terms of managing technology and how that's impacting our emotional health, uh, that would be awesome. So victorung.com slash EQ tech survey. And um, with that, I will let you get into the episode uh, after a quick message from my sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I honestly have been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. Cool. It's uh, finally good to have you on here, Steven. Yeah, I know, right? It's been a while. Yeah. We were talking about it for a while and now it's here. For sure. And, and, you know, you have a podcast and, and we both kind of started around similar times. So it's, it's finally, it's good to get us together and to talk about these, uh, very similar topics that we have with each other. So, yeah, I know it's like, uh, my podcast anyways. Well, I think it's because we did the last portion of, you know, the journey or, you know, our life coaching practice. Um, you know, we were doing the same class together and I think that's where our, our paths kind of crossed. So I think, uh, it was really interesting because then you had the whole EQ thing going and I wanted to talk about, uh, men and how they're doing. So yeah, I thought these would be really intertwined kind of, um, subjects we could talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's definitely something to be said around, you know, the, the current state of humans i guess uh so it's 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 it'll be it'll be cool to to talk about that and and just get 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 some perspective here so I, I, it, so anyway i mean i guess we'll just get right into it right i think like uh that was one thing i really liked about uh what what you're doing too is because it's like there's i think um a lot of men don't talk about emotions, right? And, oh, yeah. uh, and and that's kind of what I had resonated with in, in a, you know, in a message that is maybe just within my world seemingly becoming more almost popular, I guess, in terms of, you know, being vulnerable and, and you know, be uh, and, and try to like understand ourselves and, and whatnot and being able to, and so, yeah, that's what I, I resonated with that because I, I wasn't growing up, I, I wasn't raised with that tool set per se, like to be able to feel comfortable and safe to talk about my emotions. It's kind of why I went into this whole process as well. And my even, you know, the name of this podcast is even like, it, it's a play on the phrase man up a little bit. And it's, you know, why not just man up? Why, why not human up instead? Right. So, um, I definitely have the, the desire to break out of this sort of barrier, this wall that a lot of men put around us ourselves. Um, so it's cool that you're on also on a very similar journey to help people like 
become comfortable talking about feelings and emotions and, and expressing themselves. So, um, be really interesting to, to, to see where this goes. Yeah. You know, I, I think it really comes down to like our, how our society really pressures and like puts us in categories because, you know, that's how us as humans, that's how we understand things that are outside of our, uh, known world is that we try to categorize things. So like society and everything tries to put us in a box and when you don't fit that box, then it, it really feels weird because then you're like, okay, well, I have to uphold or have to live by these certain criteria that, you know, things from like culture to like our society to media to all these things are like really pressuring us to like, you know, to form us into these, into these boxes. And, you know, especially as men, you know, we're not really given the opportunity to really be vulnerable or to be really kind of open about like what we're thinking about and what we're feeling. Because, you know, like you said earlier, it's like all about the man up thing. Or, you know, if you're not macho enough, then, you know, you're, you're seen as weak or you're too sensitive or you're too girly or too sissy or whatever it may be, you know. And I think that is really kind of the uh, motto or the um, theme, I guess you can say, that men really have, uh, especially growing up nowadays, you know. Yeah. And and I really want to get into a lot of that and, and why it's important to, you know, to be able to uh, express ourselves and to really dive into the emotions and stuff. But I wanted to kind of tap into maybe your story and, and background and, and why you got into this work and why you're interested in it. Like, I, I, I think I remember you came from, you had a sociology background, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and... And did you also minor or major in something else too? Or? No, actually, I just did sociology. So, um, I mean, if you really want to go back to like academic days, like I actually went to community college in hopes of doing digital photography. But like being an Asian American, you know, my mom convinced me otherwise. So I tried yeah. business and I tried accounting and I bombed that. So I was like, okay, definitely not. Business is definitely not for me. So then I jumped around and I did a anthropology class or a humanities class. And then my professor at the time, he was really great and he had an anthropology background. So then I decided to like, okay, cool. Like I like his way of teaching and I like what he's teaching and like what he's showing us. So I decided to kind of sit down with him and get to pick his brain a little bit. And then I decided on anthropology. And then when I started telling people that they were like, oh, you want to be, you know, digging up stuff. I'm like, no, I don't want to be an archaeologist because I feel like anthropology could be really applied to many aspects as well as um, the cultural anthropology is what really interested me. Mm -hmm. So I did a class in that. And then at the same token, on the same quarter afterwards, I took sociology. I was like, whoa, this is like so much relative. And I enjoyed sociology a lot more because it's um, something, it's basically having a critical eye on our social life and how that impacts us as individuals. So that's like the TLDR version. I, I feel like that could be uh, to sum up sociology anyways. So I went to school for sociology and then uh, initially I actually wanted to teach it. And then, but being like a social major though, you find out how really uh, education's really undervalued here in the States and how even though we're like a first world country, um, we value guns and military over, uh, you know, education, which is really unfortunate, you know, and, um, you know, uh, I have really worked with or talked to a lot of uh, teachers back then and, you know, just kind of picking their brains and seeing how it is for them teaching in the States. And for them, it's really frustrating just because, you know, it's like a politic game, just like anything else really. So then, I started to really think about like, okay, well, you know, what did I want to do? And, you know, ultimately was to create an impact on this world. Um, hopefully a good one. Anyways, that's the goal. And, you know, then I decided like, okay, well, I always, so this is like, this is the part that's like really weird and out of left field because then I decided like, oh, hey, I really like coffee. And I was like, okay, well, let's go learn the, the, the coffee business and how to run a shop and stuff like that. And then you kind of find out like, the uh, idea of owning a cafe could be really um, glamorized, I guess. And, you know, everyone wants to do it, but, you know, are you really going to be in it for the uh, daily grind of it, you know? Um, and sometimes some people uh, aren't and sometimes they get over their head. So fortunately I had that ability to have a scope into the, into the um, kind of coffee industry 
and saying, okay, well, you know, this is something I, I, I was striving for, but now I don't want it anymore. So what is it? So then when I was actually doing my uh, portion of the Journey Catalyst program, so I was a September cohort. And in my coaching uh, session I had with Charlie, he was like, okay, well, what is it about coffee that you really enjoy? And I said, it's the moment where people spend together uh, taking their time out of their days to reconnect with people or meeting new people in terms of like customers and stuff like that. So it's all about like coffee was like the conduit of like, or the center of where people come together and reconnect with one another. So I really liked that sense of community. And I think Charlie actually really challenged me and think, okay, well, you know, maybe before in the past, I thought coffee was like a brick and mortar coffee shop that I wanted to eventually own and stuff and run that, you know, maybe deeper or even bigger picture that coffee meant more of a sense of community and a sense of um, connection. So then, then what happened uh, or I guess what really got me interested in was like doing the whole life coaching thing. Cause I, that's something I always enjoyed being a manager um, was coaching my team uh, on things of inside of work as well as outside of work. And, you know, I think that's where something I, I've learned as I've gotten older is that, you know, the ability to help others uh, achieve their dreams or their goals or is, is something that I, enjoy um, observing or being a part of anyways. So then now it's hopefully going to coaching. But, you know, I started this podcast called The Better Man Podcast. And it's pretty much a space that for, for me anyways, has been talking about really taboo topics about men. They may now feel comfortable talking about with other men or they might not even have the support of other men in their inner circle to really feel talk, comfortable talking about like, vulnerability or communication or fatherhood, you know, um, anxiety, things like that. So I have that podcast and hopes to create a community around that. So people will feel less alone, you know? I love it. There's, there's so much in there. Uh, so, so is that, so it sounds like there's just this desire to connect humans is is what I kind of get out of that story and like yeah. being able to you know uh yeah just be able to develop relationships around uh within ourselves and within other people as well and and there's a lot that you know comes into my mind in in terms of that so like first the the for for coffee I just wanted to comment like I try to go out to to cafes as, as much as I can too. I don't really drink coffee as much, but I at least try to get out, um, to, to do some work. And one thing I realized though, is, uh, w when you're saying like, Oh, you know, cafes and shops are meant for like community and to connect with people. That's something I haven't seen though. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, totally. Just in my, my own experience. And yeah, maybe it is partly, you know, it could be my own, I, I could take the initiative too, but at the same time I would feel weird and like bothering people because it seems yeah. like technology now and, and this maybe has, can get into that a little bit too, but like has um, consumed so much of our attention that, oh, totally. you know, that we now don't even connect with um, the things and the people that are immediately around us. Um you're told you're hitting it right on the nail. It's like, you know, everyone goes to a coffee shop, but everyone has their headphones on Yeah. or, you know, and it's kind of like, they're just trying out the noise and they're just trying to be there and being a space that's other than a uh, home that they're comfortable with that to do work. And for some people it totally works, you know, and some people are totally content with that, you know, and it does suck though. When, you know, sometimes when you're talking to a customer and they're just on their phone and you're like, okay, well, you know, you can at least say hi. So, yeah, I, I totally understand because I've, I've noticed that being on the opposite end of the bar, but also like just being, I think probably this past like couple of years of where of like being really conscious of my own digital um, usage, I guess you can say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think that's something that is so hard to address too, because it's like, 
you know, the technology does have such a, a great impact if we are able to use it, you know, um, use it with intent or with purpose, you know, like it can, like the fact that we're even connected here, right. Like that we can do these things that we can even host a podcast and like spread, like share awareness and education around certain topics or to, um, you know, like with YouTube, like you showcase your, your passion about something. And, and so like, yeah, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I, it's just, it's just a thing where I'm even struggling. I came from technology consulting myself and I, as a developer and like, I am very much an optimist and enthusiast for technology, but definitely Mm -hmm. see like, but how do we balance that, you know, with, with human connection, human connection. Um, Right. Yeah. So then like to add on that really quickly, like I worked at Apple retail for about four and a half years and my first product launch I saw was the iPhone four and my last one was iPad air. And I think during that whole time I was there at Apple, like yes, Apple was a great company, um, great place to work and all that good stuff. The only thing that was really striking to me, especially as being like a sociology major and really analyzing everything around us in a sense, um, Sometimes you see these babies in like strollers still who knows how to use an iPad. And that was crazy to me. Like seeing that, I was like, oh my God. Like, um, but on the same token, how you said how it's like really beneficial. This is where I feel like, you know, technology is really double edged sword. But like I've, I've also helped out, I can't even talk. I also helped out customers that have not even used an iPhone before, but yet was able to take pictures, be able to email to your, you know, their family and stuff like that, and just be super joyed and overwhelmed with like all the positive things that they could do with their yeah. technology. Like that was really awesome too to see. So I've seen like the 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 like double sided coin of mm-hmm. technology and like that actual impact. The one thing that I'm really curious about though is like like I grew up on the on the age of like 56k still like heck like if you were playing games and mom picked up the phone you lost you disconnected you know like or you were on aim or something like that you know and you had a bunch of screen names like that was the time that i grew up with technology and that's when like dsl and broadband and you know those things and actual was it um computer cafes were actually a thing now is you know no one does that now so i'm really curious to see like this future generation of like people who have actually upcoming with the age of like the iPhone, for example, or smart devices, like constant access, like that's, that, that is where I'm really curious and interested about. Yeah. And, and that's same, you know, like, and that's, that's where I definitely see more and more, like, like the fact that we have these conversations, I think that's what excites me though, is that like people are at least becoming a little more aware or, or waking up to it. Like, um, and, and to slow down, uh, from mm-hmm. this, this fast paced world, like everything's all about balance. Right. And totally. I think, you know, um, that's the thing that's going to be missing so much more in the future where as people become overly connected and, and super engaged with technologies in, in so many ways, you know, both professionally and personally, um, there's going to be less, almost incentive to to slow down or to disconnect uh if if we don't you know prioritize our our mental health and emotional intelligence right like yeah totally um so so this this i think this is definitely going to be something i'm going to be thinking a lot about for a while (laughs) um and uh and um you know and this this reminds me of, you know, our, our, our previous conversations where you you've been reading the book Digital Minimalism, mm-hmm. um, and so that can that will probably address. I don't know if we want to get into all of that right now, but uh, it, there's there's conversations that are happening, and um, yeah, totally. There's conversations happening, and there's there's studies that are happening, and people are talking about how you know being in a uh, hyper connected world is actually making us feel very lonely. Yeah. And, you know, it's making us feel very anxious and, you know, we have all these social norms in terms of like keeping up with the Joneses and stuff like that. And I think that's, it's starting to show now, um, you know, maybe 
uh, kids or, you know, young adults are having trouble with, you know, like swipe culture, for example, like that's something that's very real. You know, that's something that's happening right now. Um, you know, you, people could be participating in or not, but you don't, you, you don't really know until you actually start critically thinking about it. So I think it's like the awareness piece is like, is coming now into this fold. Yeah. I want to hit on the the loneliness aspect a little bit, because I think with that, you know, the, as, as we even brought up in this last like 10, 20 minutes, there are so many factors that can play into that. Right. Totally. Yes. Um, culture and, and the stigma around mental health about, you know, feeling comfortable to express our emotions and, um, and then even like the impact of technology on that and, uh, what role that plays. So, so trying to, trying to think where to even go from there, but, I know, right? uh, like I, where do you begin to I like know. start a dissecting <laughs> loneliness and like, how does all these things like interconnect? It's insane. Yeah. Like it's like, it, sometimes I feel like my brain is just going a hundred miles per hour every time I'm like thinking about certain things like this, because it's like, Oh my God, like I can't believe, like I can't be the only person that's actually thinking about this. Like there must be other people yeah. and, it, and you know, hopefully it is, you know, I'm, I'm no, I know that there are, you know, me and you, we've, we've talked about it before. So it's just like, it's like one of those things, like where do we even begin or how do we even talk about it? You know, we could just probably rip off the bandaid and just be like our generation or people right now are freaking lonely as hell. Yeah. You know, that, that's like, that's, that's the biggest, um, you know, hopefully it's not a stigma, but you know, hopefully that we're bringing this into the light saying everyone is lonely. I, I'm definitely guilty. I'm raising my hand. I'm definitely guilty of, you know, feeling that loneliness. Um, you know, because I've, I use social media, I've used, um, apps, you know, I've used all these things, um, just try to hopefully find some type of balance, but it's actually making me imbalanced. So, I mean, I, I could be very uh, blunt and honest about that, though. Well, and, and I appreciate that, right? I think, you know, uh, for maybe a lot of people, that's hard to even admit or to totally. to want to talk about. And and for me, I, I still, you know, get feelings like my, my body is just really resisting so much mm-hmm. to, to, like, not even want to voice it. And um, and that's that's that I guess can tap into culture and, and yeah, how totally. I've been raised, you know, feeling like I didn't have that safe space to mm-hmm. express these deeper emotions, especially if it makes, if, especially if it has a, 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 um, a sense of weakness around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, both being Asian and as a first and as a, as a man, actually like triple threat of being also a first generation uh american born son too like yeah totally uh there's there's a lot of pressure that whether or not you know it was either put upon me or or something that i put upon myself it, you know mm-hmm. it still was a pressure that you know i you know need to be this solid rock and foundation yep. and um and, uh, and, and it's worked <laughs> quite well, actually, yeah. you know, like yeah. I, I am where I am today because I, you know, was able to, in a sense, you know, quote unquote, like power through things and emotions mm-hmm. and, um, uh, but the, after a while it gets to a point where you just you burn know, out. Yeah, exactly. You burn out and like, then, um, at a certain point when emotions do become a lot more real because they are very real and valid things, mm-hmm. but, uh, when not addressed it, you, you can both, yeah, burn out and, and almost kind of plateau, right. Yeah. Kind of become and, stagnant. Um, yeah, I totally like bottle it in. And I think that's something like, I know that's something I faced when I was definitely growing up where I didn't really feel comfortable about voicing my opinions or my thoughts or feelings or basically just talking. Like I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable talking about myself. And, you know, I, sometimes there'll be a point where I was just, you know, sometimes you just explode. You're like, whoa, like, where did that come out of? You know, and mm-hmm. then it's just all this buildup. And then I think, you know, especially, you know, I am also a 
Japanese American, um, middle child, son, um, I guess first generation here, borns in the state kind of deal. Like I definitely feel um, that pressure, you know, that that uh, pressure to, you know, bring honor to your family or you know to uphold the family name and you know do good, right? You know, make money, do good. Um, you know, luckily my parents aren't so stern on that part, but you know, I know it's there. And I know it's something that, um, you know, I, I don't want to let them down. So I, I could definitely relate to how uh, our culture and our society and our upbringing, especially our family, has a huge influence on us now, especially as, you know, much older men that we're trying to process these thoughts and these feelings when we've been told or kind of taught for a long time to like bottle it in or hide it away and not be vulnerable and not share it because, you know, if you do, you're weak. And if you're weak, then you can't provide. Yeah. Yeah. And then what does that mean as a man? Maybe you're not, uh, maybe you're not cut out for it or you're not strong enough. And it's unfortunate that at least for me, I, I definitely internalize that a lot where it's like, yeah. okay, well maybe I am not deserving of that promotion or Got that it. girl or that, you know, that, you know, whatever, even like starting my own business was a whole thing, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and imposter so, syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in being able to, so I guess like, yeah, not being able to express the emotions definitely plays a big role in feeling in, in like feeling these loneliness sort of, um, feelings <laughs> sensations uh, <laughs> yes sensations yeah yeah and uh what let's see i mean do do you think like it was a recent thing that for you at least like that you've um almost become really cognizant about it or maybe it was something that was you know that that was there all along but now it's just maybe a lot more prevalent or like so you're just so basically how like how i felt about loneliness or just how i felt in terms of like being in this weird awareness state i guess you can say yeah a little bit of that i mean so it's more so like I'm, i guess i'm trying to think of whether or not this feeling of loneliness is almost too much it's like becoming like almost too aware in a sense. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, like maybe like, uh, you know, um, ignorance is bliss sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Well, I, I definitely, so after high school, I was definitely one of those guys that had to be with a girlfriend or with a significant other at that time in order to feel, uh, air quotes complete. Um, and uh, I've soon later found out that that is not true. Like you as an individual should be complete before you meet a significant other right. that you're going to date or whatever. And, you know, you two should be uh, two complete selves. Obviously, that's the dream and that's the goal to aim for. And I think after I've had a pretty rough, long relationship, I think I've come to terms like, okay, wow, well, um, I am still a boy and I need to grow up some. And find out who I really am. And, you know, and, and, uh, as I've kind of taken through that step through just life changes of, you know, moving to, uh, San Francisco for school and moving to LA for three years, you know, like just really being out of my element and learning a lot by myself. Like as I've had these huge life milestone changes, I've learned more and more. Um, but I definitely, it's interesting when you say, you know, ignorance is bliss because I feel like I wish there's some times where I, I wish I wasn't thinking so much, you know, and I think it's because of how uh, aware I try to be of myself. Um, you know, it's a double-edged sword too, just like technology, you know, it's like you have to either learn when to shut it off and when to accept. So I think it's like, it, the probably the old me would have been like, oh, I got to fix it. You know, I got to fix this. I got to fix that because um, it's something bad. And I think I've gotten, as I've gotten older, though, I've learned to accept. And I think that is a uh, 
still a thing that I do today. You know, it's still a process of accepting your story. Um, you know, people might hear, you know, the angry therapist or John Kim, but he's all about, you know, accepting your story and accepting who you are. And, you know, the story is, um, is made who you are today, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. Like being able to embrace it, you know, yeah, like totally. this is, this is where you are and this is what happened. Um, you know, there's not really much you can do to change it, especially if it's already in the past. Like, mm -hmm. um, all you can do is accept it and maybe see a different perspective in it. Yeah. Um, or like learn, you know, learn whatever is the mistake you made and be reflective and aware, but actually take action to avoid that same pitfall, you know, like right. the worst, I think that's the most important part is the after effect of actually reflecting and remembering not to repeat the process because if you just keep repeating it, then you're just going down a cynical cycle, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to improve or get better or anything. So it's something that's like be able to do the action, be aware and change your behavior or your actions to not repeat the action yeah, or the outcome. Yeah. That, that kind of makes me like, I guess coming from, so, I mean, just this idea of like not wanting to go back and fix things, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's really, it's, that's important to realize that, you know, maybe, and, and this is like a, a message that, um, that, Noel and John Kim and, you know, journey shares a lot too, is that, you know, yeah. there's not much, I mean, we're not here to fix anything within mm -hmm. ourselves, within other people, within the world. Like it's, it's, it's how do you learn from the, the areas of improvement, you know, that, that can not necessarily points of weakness or anything, but how do you improve upon it for the next iteration you know how do you get better the next time around um i, I think about that in terms of my content actually you know where interesting okay it, it's it can i mean i feel like this can apply in so many ways right yeah but yeah this is a more tangible way i guess uh yeah but like you know once you put something out there mm -hmm. whether it be a video or a book or whatever you know it's it, almost first of all it is very impossible to like go back and edit the book or edit the video, yeah. you know, yeah, like, yeah. so you can't go and back and fix it. But mm -hmm. then how do you then say, all right, what is something I can improve for the next time around? Um, and so I think that applies for like ourselves and our, our own mm -hmm. sort of internal operating system, right? Like, yeah, like, you know, I've already done this or I've already, you know, already behaved that way, but like, that doesn't mean it's, um, you know, in something inherently wrong with me or that I have to like fix it per se, but how do I just become better next time around? Yeah. I think that's something we're always striving to do is be self-improving and be the better version of yourself, no matter, you know, whatever the situation was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then back to the, that like double-edged sword though, right? Like being both aware, but not letting it almost overwhelm or, or complicate or overthink things. Yeah. How, how have you kind of balanced that? Like it's almost, I kind of, have you seen the, there's like an image of almost, so there's like three people who's like one is too short, so they can't see, you know, uh, over the, yeah. the, the ledge or uh, something. Yeah. They trying to see a baseball game. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different versions of it. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the middle one is like, they, uh, standing on a box right they're standing on a box but it oh man i, I need to look this up again. i think i think i know which one you're talking about though right but yeah, yeah. so there's this middle area right where mm -hmm. we are now past the sort of ignorance is bliss mm -hmm. and now we're like aware to it but it sucks you know yeah. like yeah um so yeah, like uh, it, maybe in terms of the loneliness, like how how has that? What what do you think? Or let's see, how, like how have you now becoming aware of it? Like what have you yeah. been doing to sort of address it? Or interesting, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so I know when I was living in LA, and sometimes when I do get lonely, for example, um, I I would have this weird response in my body. 
So it's like listening to your body, but also like just seeing your patterns. Um, I noticed that I would um, tend to close myself off. So I actually would push myself to go and hang out with someone or just go outside and just do something. So I noticed that um, in terms of like my body responses, I've been getting trying to be more in tune with my own body. But that could be uh, a challenge of its own, especially if you're not used to listening to your own body. So like for one is so one thing is listening to my body. Um, two would be actually just to uh, reconnect with things that I pers- uh, used to do in the past, but enjoyed. So like, for example, I used to ride my bike all the time as a kid because I was my only means of transportation. So I got, you know, I got a bike from the garage and just, you know, started riding that around. I'm like, wow, I actually really enjoy this. Um, so it's like uh, two would be like reconnecting and three is to actually get things out of my head. So I've been journaling, which has been incredibly helpful of actually free writing um, my thoughts, whatever it may be, and putting it on paper. And there's a really magical process that happens, I feel like, in my in myself and in my brain is that when I actually get stuff out on paper, it doesn't seem too bad when it's actually living in only in my head. So I feel like because I am able to process and see it and be able to analyze it on paper, I was like, oh, that wasn't really that bad. Like, why am I still dwelling on it why do i still feel um you know a negative emotion towards it anyways yeah no having things stuck in our head like makes it it, it's weird it's like a it like exaggerates it so much oh yeah totally your imagination your brain is so powerful your imagination could go wild you know even though sure you may not play with legos anymore and you not play may, may play with toys but you have so much more information that you've gathered throughout your years of existence that your mind just plays games like crazy and you know i always i always call it the what if game you know like what if this what if that you know and then you just start going through all these possibilities and you know, at, at the end of it, it's like, but is it a fact? Is it true? You know, and that's something that uh, we have to remind ourselves like, oh, even though I could play the what if game, but is it really true? Or, you know, or then, you know, like everyone said, but did you die? You know, it's like one of those things like, but did you die? Like, no, you didn't die, but you're still here. So it's not like, it's like one of those things that, you know, we we get so much in our heads. And especially, you know, this comes to like, loneliness how like we're you know we feel like we're so lonely because we can't express our thoughts and emotions so then it just keeps it bottled in or we feel like no one else is experiencing this so that's why they're not going to share or they don't feel they don't feel comfortable or uh, comfortable with their story or comfortable of being vulnerable because being vulnerable is, is like it's so courageous and it's you know it's one of those things where it's highly valued but you know, not a lot of people um, know how to really be vulnerable without having the sense of judgment. I think judgment is really uh, the key part of like uh, not being in a, a space, a safe space could really be harmful uh, in terms of like allowing you to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really important. Right. And cause like, I, as I relate it to myself, it's, that is exactly why I, would you know have or or feel lonely or feel that i'm the only one you know think thinking or or feeling this way because um because there were both you know personal experiences and from what i've seen you know from people around me and and movies or whatnot like that feelings are almost it's like so easy to make fun of you know it's Mm -hmm. so easy to judge it's Mm -hmm. um you can people can take advantage of it or, or tease you about it or, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I'm just, I'm just glad that people are <laughs> trying to, are, are getting past that a little bit, you know, like providing the safe space for others to feel like they can, they can just speak and talk and, yeah. and, and be vulnerable. Um, totally. I, I think this comes to like, you know, your part in terms of like EQ, I think people are just becoming more aware of like being able to create a, you know, hold some space anyways, uh, without any sense of judgment. I think that's something that's really important that I think people are, um, you know, having more of awareness of. Yeah. There was, there was another thing I wanted to go into. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually a, a question. Yeah. Was, 
so again with the with the loneliness like what do you think that you're looking for in, in terms of that like what do you think you're still missing you know to to almost make you feel lonely or um and then on top of that what would it look like to not feel lonely anymore that's that's interesting cuz i feel like i haven't really been lonely um i guess recently i think it's because like my mind is not so focused on the things that i'm missing out so maybe fomo but like the things that like like i don't feel like i'm close to everyone or you know my my relationships have deepened so i feel like i don't feel like that i'm i'm lonely or by myself because i know i can always reach out to these people that i have connections with mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's yeah that, that's interesting that you you asked me that because i i to like really think back on it like i don't think i really felt lonely which is nice you know because i know that's something that people could feel uh especially on like social media like comparing it to social media anyways so i think i i totally disconnected from social media so i think that's also been helping me out a lot is to invest more time into the things i'm really um i guess things i want to invest more time in with like relationships uh friendships and you know leisure time i guess right well, and and I think there's something to 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 take away with, right? Like that, um, like one of the. I mean, those are just a couple ways to almost curb that that loneliness is to develop those relationships um, around you where you can, you know, kind of express anything that's going on. Um, and then, uh, even without having the relationships, but to also find things that, that you can do for yourself and, yeah. um, to feel so that you can feel connected to something, you know, yeah. and, and rather than it being kind of stuck and ruminating in your head. Um, yeah, I think when I actually read the book, uh, essentialism, um, I think that's when everything really started to change, where I started to really analyze and look at what is truly essential in my life. Um, what is something that I really do want to be a part of um, that I can't live without in a sense? So for me, it was really, you know, sure, I still desire things. I still desire toys, you know, cars, things like that. But like, I still like, I don't put value in it. I don't put value in owning a crate, you know, a big home. I actually want a tiny home. Like I want a small blueprint on this world. You know, I, I want to um, invest more of my time. So I've, I've also gotten, as I've gotten older, I've learned the value of time. Time is such an, uh, a commodity that you can never buy. You can never return. You can't, ex- you know, you could exchange time. You exchange your time for uh, income. You sh- you exchange your time for a service, whatever it may be. So time though, you can never buy time. It's, you know, it's almost impossible. So I think that's where after I read this book, I started to really analyze like, okay, what is, what is something that I really do value? And I think for me, because like coming back all the way to like the sociology as well as like the dreams of whole you know, own a coffee shop one day. And it's all about like the human connection of like just connecting with people that either one, I haven't met or two, that people I've, I've known for a while. And I just want to deepen that relationship, but also be a, a support system for them. And they could be one for me as well. So I think that's where I started to really think about like, I want to use my time wisely because I have very little limited time here on earth. You know, we all do. And that's something that I've I've come across because my, my grandma has passed in the probably the past month or so, two months or so. So it's like, that was a stark reminder of like time is very valuable and how like I want to utilize my time wisely. And I don't want to waste on time, you know, my time on things that I don't care too much about, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's big. Yeah. Um, I think it's like when you, when you, when you know, like everyone's, everyone dies, you know, I will die. Um, you will die. Like everyone dies. Mm-hmm. It's like when you accept that part of like, um, you know, at the end, it doesn't matter if you're wealthy or not, you know, everyone dies. Right. So it's like being, being uh, open to that, but also like, it reminds you of like, 
whoa, like, what do I want to leave on this earth? Like, what kind of legacy I want to have? Or, you know, what do I want to do to improve this earth and to this society? And I think that's something that I have in mind. You know, there's, there's something about that, right? Like, almost like in, um, in a way of, well, yeah, everybody dies. What yeah. matters? You yeah. Know, what is this? But I think, you know, maybe to, to have a more positive light on that, uh, all the worries and fears that you do have, those are what not matter. You exactly. Know? Yes. Um, yes. You know, like having to either, you know, be worrying about what other people are going to think about how, mm-hmm. what you say or the content you put out or mm-hmm. the, the, you know, whatever role or career or profession you want to go into, like the dreams that you have, the emotions that you have, like it, all those things don't matter in the, yeah. in the, in the long, yeah. In the long, in the long game, run, it does, right. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter, but right now it matters so much. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's crazy because even though we talk like, even though I've said all that, like I still, the things that you just listed all right now, I, it matters to me like right now, which is crazy. You know, that's the part of like, you know, how you said earlier, like being so aware, like ignorance is bliss, but like, you know, it's like one of those things. It's crazy. Yeah. I know the human mind is so complicated in that way. Like, yeah, it's like we know these things kind of, you know, and, and it almost sounds like common sense, but then like to put into action and to say like, yeah, I don't care about you know, <laughs> what other people think. That's obviously, you know, you can't completely get rid of your ego and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, it's always going to be a practice, but I think to, to really help that, maybe that is a good tool, right? Like to say, how like if you were to fast forward a few years from now you know would this necessarily matter like are you still going to be thinking about this or um so so kind of just being able to to shift that perspective to more of a long-term vision or long-term kind of uh yeah yeah perspective i think yeah is is helpful to, to kind of get us out of our own heads a little bit. Yeah, totally. It's, it's like thinking about the long game, you know, and, and not a lot of people do because we're so focused on the present in terms of like, oh, we got to make X amount of money just so we could pay rent. So I have food and shelter and all these things. It's like, it, it's when not a lot of people are in that state of, you know, everyone is a state of survival versus yeah. a, a state of like thriving because then they are not too much focused on like the end goal or, you know, the five years, 10 years down the line, whatever they're, they're doing or thinking about. But I know we, for like, for me, like I probably like thinking five years ago, I probably wouldn't be in this state of mind or even thinking about these things now, unless I didn't experience X, Y, Z, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like one of those things where you, like, I'm like, even now looking back in the past of like, high school relationships like oh man those are just so silly you know i don't they're so silly relationships they're just puppy love like it doesn't prepare you for like real relationships out in the real world kind of deal you know but it's like at the time though of like being an 18 year old you're like oh my god this girl is like the world you know she means the world to me and blah 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 she just broke up with me oh i'm so sad kind of deal you know and then later down the line you're like oh man i was just so i was just some young boy you know and i i didn't know there's more to life than just this one girl So I think it's like because of our life experiences that we may not have gone through just yet, we're not really equipped with the experience to um, make better decisions as well as like just gain a better understanding of how the world works and how we work as individuals. Yeah, I'm going to be really curious to listen to this episode five years from now <laughs> yeah like, I know, right? what the hell were we talking about <laughs> yeah well i mean that, that right. that's the interesting part is yeah. that because it, it it's like a little snapshot of how you were how i was and how this world was yeah five years from you know that time we listened to it again you know and i think that that is the that's the fascinating part to me anyways right right and you know that's what that's why i'm doing this it's like a, it's like a documentation and in, yeah. in a way so totally it's uh it's it's pretty cool to to have this space um yeah. dang man yeah i want to maybe go into a little more into stuff but coming up on the hour here uh hey i'm down to still go but you know an hour is a good amount of time for people to listen to i understand yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know it's 
it's a long time to invest into a yeah episode, but um maybe we can do like a round two uh yeah but, or multiple rounds i don't i don't i'm up for it you know i feel like the more times we're able to record or you know take record of conversations like these you know it normalizes it and that's hope that's something i'm hoping to achieve anyways on my podcast so yeah yeah because we didn't even really go into emotional intelligence itself like i think we kind of hit on a lot a little bit of it but yeah um but to like get into like what that is and and how to improve it and why it's important and i think maybe maybe i think i think maybe people get a, a gist of it but uh there's um always another opportunity yeah of course <laughs> so with the last few minutes uh i'm sure you know by listening to the uh podcast like i like to ask people to share experiences or stories around the five core emotions that um, that psychologists and scientists have sort of defined. Well, there's a lot of debate around what the, the core emotions even are, but mm-hmm. um, I base it off the movie Inside Out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we got anger, disgust, fear, sadness, and joy. And mm-hmm. um, so just kind of rapid fire like what is either either when was the last time you felt these emotions or um what was or or what's your just experience with it um and and yeah we'll just kind of rapid fire go through them what was the second one disgust so yeah i'll remind you but we can start with anger Okay, so anger. Uh, my last time, one time I remember very instinctively where uh, I was slightly intoxicated and I kicked a tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was with an ex-girlfriend and we're, we got into a fight and I kicked a tree. That was like something that's so ingrained in my head. I don't know why. It's like almost been seven plus years. Interesting. Was yeah. that, is that because that's probably mo- the most anger you've almost... No, I think that's the... That's something that I just, it's, I, because I'm not a very violent or angry person in general. So it's very weird for me to have, um, explosive energy like that, but also to cause harm. Like I never wanted to cause harm on anyone. So I rather cause harm on myself. So I, that's the one time I remember is that I was, we were intoxicated. We had a fight and I got a little angry and I kicked a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Alcohol does uh, weird stuff. Liquid courage, man. <laughs> it, it does weird stuff. Liquid armor, keep a little body warmer, and courage. Oh, it's so weird. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's why I could just kind of stick to tequila, you know. Oh, a... oh my god, tequila! <laughs> oh, I definitely don't do tequila. It burns all the way. No, so... you just got to drink the hundred oh. percent blue agave. Oh. You know? oh my god, no, thank you. Oh. It's it's not the Jose Cuervo puts a lot of shit. Oh, in there, so. okay, okay. So then, okay, maybe <laughs> if drink... I ever go to Seattle, then we'll, we'll yeah, go yeah, and, yeah. and ha- you'll show me some good tequila. Then, exactly. Right? For sure. Okay, that that is fair. <laughs> I I'm down to go with a guide versus just doing uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay so what's the next one uh disgust so what is discuss just discussing ideas yeah well just any maybe the last time you felt disgust or what are you generally oh, disgust dis- yeah yeah just oh generally disgusted okay. about um, got it got yeah. it okay so uh for me uh disgust is when you work in a coffee shop and people bring in their dogs and, um, you know, you know, you can't tell, you can't, you can't, you could politely ask them, but you can't ask them strictly if it's a service dog. So it's because like, okay, you're in a food establishment. You should know that, um, you shouldn't have any pets in here, but you know, that's, that's it. Oh, in interesting. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's discussed because it's like their almost ignorance to it or, or they purposely do it. Hmm. You know, we, you purposely bring in your dog, even though it's a food establishment. Like if your dog, especially a hairy one or a really furry one, you know, and people right. are petting it, you know, fur and stuff can go in people's food or drinks and things like that. You know, it's just, I feel like it's just not, it's uh, not, it's common courtesy. Yep. You know, it, it's because like, okay, I shouldn't contaminate food because of my dog or whatever, you know. And it's not like, the, the, and the people you could tell is like, 
you know, it's either going to be an emotionally, you know, emotional dog, you know, in terms of service dog. But most of these dogs aren't really, you know, they're not service bred, you know, they don't, they're not doing anything. So it's just like, okay, you should know better, but you know, that's it. That's interesting. Cause I feel like I would be guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) I love dogs too much where I would just Uh, bring them in. You know, that's, that's probably the hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. It's a. Yeah, because like all the baristas are like, oh my God, there's a dog yeah. here. And they go and go pet him. Right. Like, go wash your hands before you yeah, come exactly. back here. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But people's like, oh, it's a dog. It's clean and stuff like that. I'm like, it's still an animal and we're still a food establishment. So, right. you know, we don't make the rules on that one. That's that's government, you know, trying to protect us as people consuming food. Yeah. 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 I, I hear your your managerial side coming out. There. Oh, I know. I, it was definitely coming in. Oh my gosh. Okay, we should continue because uh, so I'm going to let this go now. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> fear. Fear. Uh, okay. So this one has always been with my life, and I think it's more so um, since I've returned home. Anyways, is so my biggest fear in life is actually failing or disappointing my parents. Um, and I think this is. Obviously, this is going to be self-imposed, um, you know, being a middle child and being the only son kind of deal. It's it's almost my own pressure that I'm putting in on myself. My parents have never, ever explicitly said, Stephen, we are disappointed in you. Like, I've never had that. So it's, it's always something that's just in my head because I can just feel it or I could sense it or I'm just putting it together, which is bad at the same token. But, you know, that that is something that is, um, yes big fear yes i can i can resonate with that for sure yeah yeah um sadness sadness um uh, relationship ending uh four and a half years and yeah that's you know um it was sad because i didn't want it to end but it needed to end i guess you can say mm-hmm. yeah as as john kim says it's expired Yep. Expired relationships for sure. You know, I think even just using the word expired still sounds a little like weird, but yeah, it does sound a little weird. You know, I think it might sound even a little, um, abnormal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the word, but you know, it's just something not very common. People don't just say, Oh, Hey, how is your expired relationship (laughs) kind of deal? You know, no, yeah, (laughs) they they don't do that. Like, Oh, you guys broke up. Like, damn, that's sad. You know, that, you know, they do that instead. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but mo- it's, yeah, more so like a, a way to, to frame it, I guess. Yes. Like, yes. It's yeah. a, it's a framework and yeah. you know, it's, it's a way of once you create that framework, then it allows you to, um, I guess attack or not really attack, but engage with that particular thing in a different mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And lastly, joy joy um so this is the kind of three or three weeks or so time span where i have friends birthdays back to back so i think i have four friends in this three three weeks or so so it's been fun because uh we're all hitting 30 you know we're all old geezers now and you know and we're just trying to hang out with one another because we haven't seen each other i guess in that long so the joy of like being able to share past experience as well as create new ones but from friends since you know i've known since kindergarten for one and sophomore and junior year of high school with the others so it's good to reconnect with friends that you've known for this long that's awesome and and that that, you know that just shows how important relationships are again right yeah totally to for it to be able to to bring that sort of joy in um, especially from such a, with like long history around it. Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome to, that you're yeah. maintaining that. So that's cool. Well, cool. Um, this has been fun. Cool. <laughs> like, I'm glad. Yeah. I thought this would be because it's not totally EQ related. I think it might've put you on uneasy maybe. No, I mean, you know, like EQ is such a broad and abstract thing in the first place. Like, yeah, I de- definitely like a lot of what we hit upon, um, like is definitely incorporates a lot of the EQ stuff, but you know, 
I think I, I didn't want it to be too like academic anyway. So like this is good <laughs> to like kind of share more stories and um, get into how it really applies into our lives. Like um, just being able to sort of express what we're we're going through. So yeah, totally. Because uh, we we're all human and we all go through experiences, but we kind of forget that you know we have wraith race ethnicity and color of our skin that gets in the way but we all forget that we're human yeah yep which is not to ignore it either right like our culture and stuff yeah it makes us it makes it it's like the you know we're all i don't know i don't for some reason ice cream came up but like we're all the same flavor ice cream but we have different toppings that what makes us a little bit different yeah I don't I know like why. It. I don't know why ice cream was. Because <laughs> everyone loves ice cream. So yeah, I, I, I guess so. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. Well, thanks this, again for doing yeah. this. Hopefully, this won't be the last. But yeah, I mean, you know, people could definitely check both our podcasts out. That'd be awesome too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, everyone. I'll, I'll link it to the description show notes. So and I'll link yours as well. Even All better. Right. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks, Victor. Yep. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with my guest, Stephen Kijima of the Better Men podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if so, I, I need that validation from you to, to be real. Uh, so leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Um, and, uh, or more importantly, share it with someone that you think could benefit from this type of conversation as well, or could get some insight on it. Um, and lastly, if you're more interested to follow up with, with me or Steven, uh, make sure to check out the links in the description below or subscribe to this podcast and my blog as well as my YouTube channel at victorung.com slash subscribe. And actually doing so, you'll get the 11 exercises that I've collected to help you start your own emotional intelligence journey as well. Because developing our EQ definitely is a muscle and requires a lot of practice and training. Um, and so this is only the beginning. So victorlung.com slash subscribe. And again, the links will be in the description below. So make sure you check those out and I will catch you next Monday. Thanks again for listening.